Welcome to the Understanding Jesus podcast. My name's Evan Federhoff. Behind the camera or the monitor we have. I'm Austin, the engineer, as they like to call me. Yeah, and and uh, we have a guest host today. It's not Pastor Troy, but... It's Reese. Reese Hammond from... Uh, he's the director of the BCM at SEMO um, Lighthouse and uh, the, the college ministry that I work for as well. And uh, so we today are going to be going over a couple passages, one in First Peter, one in um psalms and we are going to go um, over question in james so hitting three different passages that we read from our bible reading plan this week um and then uh if you guys want to follow along with us on that it is on the fbcj.us page on the resources tab so um it's a good one today so you better stick around till the end yeah 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 at the end we hit james so can't complain about that um reese you want to give us a really really um quick explanation of of kind of what we do at Lighthouse? Yeah, we are, our entire mission is to reach students mm. for Christ on the campus right? and to help them grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ to full maturity. That's what we do. Cool. And if you want to summarize that, I would say we reach the nations with the gospel and we build up the body of Christ mm-hmm. um, for a lot of students that are on campus. Yeah. I, I think the story of Lighthouse and, and what we do, I, I'm obviously very excited about it because I'm, I'm working there, but, but um, I, I think it's a really, really cool um, ministry, and it's a very interesting field that's very unique from a lot of the other stuff that we get to do in our community. So um, if you want to know more about what we do with Lighthouse and, and, and more about Reese, we have a, our first podcast of the um, 3.5 season was, um, was going through with Bruce Turner, Reese Hammond, and myself and Pastor Troy. And, and Daniel. Ex- and Daniel, Daniel yeah. Um, explaining kind of what we're doing and what's going on. So um, if you guys want to know more about uh, what we're doing and, and things like that, um, you should definitely go back and do that, watch that after you finish this podcast. So um, thank you guys so much for joining us, and uh, we'll be right back with our first session. All right, welcome back to the Understanding Jesus podcast. In this section, uh, we're going to go over a section each that we have out of this week's reading, um, where we're going to um, read through it, we're going to talk about um, kind of what we got from it, and then um, uh, if you if we had any questions that were sent in um, on Facebook, or, or I have one for Reese as well, um, we're going to go over those in the next section. So um, our first section is from Reese. Um, and uh, you want to tell them about it and, and read it and, and go from there? Oh, sure. Uh, I really wanted to go through First Peter. Um, in church history and, and, and the long line of you know, our fathers in the faith and from the time of Christ um, to the apostles, to the fledgling church, to where we are today, um, there's really nothing new under the sun. And when you think about it, uh, Verses particularly three through nine um, uh, should be a just like a foundation of our life, so that we're not, as Peter would later say in Second Peter, surprised at the fiery trial that comes upon us. And so, when I think of particularly working with college students and and a lot in our community in today's age, I think like generations seem to be turning over at a quicker pace. Um, it seems that there's you know, every five or ten years is like a, almost a completely different mindset. Mm-hmm. But the the reality is we're we're dealing with anxiety and depression and so many other um, 
what we would call mental health issues, and it's such a, a greater clip that we seem, in, in, in my mind, many college students, they seem to be planted firmly in midair. Mm-hmm. They don't have a foundation. They're, they're floating around. They're tossed to and fro by every wave, and not only wind of doctrine, but just they're, they're led by emotions rather than a foundation of solid faith. And so they don't have a grounding. And Peter here, I'm going to read it and then just make some comments. But um, Peter here really wants us to see where our faith ends or, or where it begins and where it ends. Mm-hmm. Right? It's on the person and the work of Christ. It's the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we don't have a clear mind of that, and that's what we learned about last night, right, guys? Mm-hmm. Like. How do we become sanctified? How do mm-hmm. we grow? It's like we set our mind on things above. How do we renew our minds? Well, we renew it by focusing on that which is above, which is Christ, where our life is. Right? Mm-hmm. And so with that reality, this is what we want to see. So I'll read verses 3 through 9. This is where I want to focus. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And so, as I look at where a lot of students are, particularly, and honestly where a lot of people are in the world, um, just have no foundation. They don't have a grounding, as I mentioned before. And I'm not talking about students only. But members of the community, families completely disheveled by mm. sin. Um, I mean, just look at this for a second. There's two main kind of emphases that Peter brings to this. So he says God's blessed, right? Like, blessing be to him, our God and Father of our Lord Jesus. It says, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. So our salvation begins with God, ultimately. We should mm-hmm. know that, right? But it is his mercy towards us who are sinful. Um, he has caused us, so the, the active verbal action, right? The, who, what mm-hmm. he did, he caused us to be born again. We're not picking ourselves by our bootstraps. We're not being saved by what we do. We are saved by grace through faith. And this is not of ourselves. It is a gift of God. He Mm. caused us to be born. So the entire foundation of our Christian life, our faith is God, right? That's the foundation we need to understand. Because if we lose that foundation, then when I struggle in a hard circumstance, when I fall in sin, uh, when I can't I have a hard time dealing with what's going on in the world. I I have we have economic issues, right? Mm-hmm. Uh people are fearful, they're anxious. It's because they have moved away from their foundation. Mm-hmm. But the foundation is God wrought. It is God 
began. Um, God did this. And here's the beautiful thing. What he has caused us to be born again, he caused us to be born again to a living hope. Mm-hmm. It's a hope now. Mm-hmm. It's not a not only a future hope, it's one right now. We yeah. have a living one as Christ rose from the dead. And so being born again to that living hope gives us the foundation that we need to live, mm-hmm. right? To live according to God's word by his spirit, by his power that we don't have to be afraid. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be anxious. We don't have to be all those things, but we have everything, as we mentioned last night. Sorry, I keep bringing up our discipleship group last night. That's what I'm referencing. That he has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Mm-hmm. Right? So we lack nothing. We have everything we need. And mm-hmm. it's because God has set the foundation of his salvation in our hearts by his own power. Mm-hmm. So if it's started by him, what's the logical conclusion? It's going to be ended by him. It's going to be ended by him. It's going to be brought to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. Right. And but it's through, right? Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. And so I wanted to just kind of start there. It's like we can think so much about what's going on in the world. And every time we get introspective or um, self-focused or self-focused or because that's really where fear comes in is you're so focused about your circumstance and your situation and like how it's affecting you that you forget to remember who's actually in charge. Because we have a sovereign God, and that's not mm-hmm. just lip service to mm-hmm. God. <laughs> He's actually in control of everything. Right. And not only that, he has decreed that these things are happening so that he would work all things out for the good of those who love him, mm-hmm. who are called according to his purpose. And his purpose is that we become like Christ, mm-hmm. that we are not like the world anymore. Why? He has saved us. Being born again means you're no longer of the world, but you are now transferred from the realm mm-hmm. of darkness to the kingdom of his beloved son, right? right. There's a, a new, you have a new nature, you're a new creation, and you're a part of a new kingdom. A new identity. Exactly. Yeah. Everything's new. Mm-hmm. And so that is reality for the Christian. Mm-hmm. We are born again to that living hope and is founded upon Christ. And, and if anything, I'm just reminding the believer today, mm-hmm. don't move from your mooring. Mm-hmm. Don't let the rope slip. Hold fast. Um, because it's God who holds you, mm-hmm. right? And so um, that's where I wanted to start. And he goes into trials and he goes into the fact that though, you know, they don't even see Jesus. I mean, I think of Jesus's word, you know, he's like, what you see and believe like blessed are those who don't see mm-hmm. and believe. Right. It's like, we're blessed. We've never seen Christ, but we've been given the Holy Spirit who convicts us of sin, righteousness and judgment, unites mm-hmm. us to faith through the son. And so as he would say, in verse 8, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. How in the world does that happen? It's set by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? The world does not rejoice in the things they don't see. They're mm-hmm. always like, hey, give me proof, give me proof. It's like, listen, the proof yeah. you have, Romans 1, you're going to reject. Mm-hmm. You do it, right? Yeah. You suppress the truth and unrighteousness. But we have a more sure, better hope. We have a mm. we have an anchor in the veil. We have something more sure, mm-hmm. right? We have Christ. And so, if anything, I I just wanted to be my first time really talking on here, encouraging those who are listening, encouraging mm-hmm. one another by the fact that like don't lose your foundation. 
right? Mm. Keep your eyes set on Christ, your mind on the things that are above, not on earth, mm. because your life is hidden there. Mm. We have to remember our life ultimately isn't in this life. Right. Though we live in it and we move in it and we breathe in it, well, he's the one that gives us the life mm. and the breath and the being. And so right. um, with that mindset, uh, I, I hope to encourage everyone here just momentarily, like, Stay fast in the foundation of Christ. Set your mind on him and understand that he's going to use all things to transform you to the image of the son because that's his will for you, your sanctification. And so yeah. um, anyway, that's 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 a good part to think through when you start First Peter. Yeah, I, I think the passage I, I was going to go through is very similar. Mm-hmm. I think it builds right off that. Um, so I'll go, uh, did you want to say anything else on First Peter? No. I, cool. I, got, I, I didn't want to cut you off. There's many words to be yeah. said. <laughs> I didn't want to cut you off too soon. <laughs> um, so I, I, I'm going to hit Psalm 130. And uh, I'm just going to read the whole thing. It's not a very long psalm. But um, it's one of the ones, it, it's one of my favorites. I'm, I like all the psalms. So I don't know if it's really fair to say it's one of my favorites because they all kind of fit in that category. But um, but I I, uh, I really like this one. It's one of the ones that I go back to um, to kind of understand um, expectant prayer, um, how we um, when we address God, um, how should we expect him to move and work whenever we um, pray and ask for something? Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read and I'll explain kind of what I mean. So um, uh, verse one of Psalm 130, out of the depths, I cry to you, O Lord, O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attended to the voice of, of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, but O Lord, who could stand? Uh, but with you, there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. In, in his word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O, Lord, o Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. So um, so I, the, the part that I really, really like in this. So he, he starts out and just is the first section, verse 1 and 2, he talks about um, how he... He's he's requesting that the Lord hear him and um and 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 asking that he, he um we hear about the Lord bending his ear to our to us and, and hearing us and he's asking for that and then and um and he just states that 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 he um the the psalmist here just feels so unworthy of of the Lord even even listening to him and verse five and six is really the ones that that I um, I, I think it's a really pretty picture. Um, so we see in verse six, it talks about more than watchmen for the morning. So watchmen are going to be the people who stand outside, um, in front of a gate or, or somewhere that, that would all night wait for the sun to come up and they, you know, stand and watch out on the, on the horizon or the tree line or whatever's in front of them. And, and, um, and they would wait to watch. And, and, um, in the case that there was an enemy coming or something of that sort, um, their job is to let everyone else know. Um, so the watchmen, um, they don't really question whether morning's coming because they know that morning always comes. And um, so then when we wait for the Lord, we wait for the Lord in the same way. We we know that the Lord will come. We know that he will always be um, be consistent. He tells us what he'll do in his word. We know what to expect. It's not a surprise whenever he does the things that he does. It's not a surprise whenever he answers our prayers that we ask him according to his word that he's already given us. So um, whenever we read his word and we understand his will um, throughout scripture, when we ask him for something that that is in line with what his scripture says, it's not a surprise whenever it comes true. Because um, when that comes to pass, we should be um, we should be expecting that to happen. So 
when we are um, waiting more than watchmen for the morning, it, even more so than the, the watchmen expect the sun to rise um, on the horizon, we should too expect the Lord um, more than watchmen for the morning to come and do what he says he's going to do already. So mm-hmm. um, and we're talking about hope, just as Reese has talked about and, and talking about, um, he was talking about having a um, a uh, a living hope and 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 the same is and I, I think it's cool because when, when I see the parallels between the Old and New Testament, it it um not that they're different, but I I I love seeing them because they um they just more affirm the scriptures mm-hmm. um within themselves and and so we we have this where um now a lot of these are David I I'm I usually call it, say the psalmist because I'm never really sure <laughs> some of them are written by others but um but I you know, David. I do you know if this one was David? Uh, could have been. Some of them are marked of David. Yeah, um, this one's not just a song so. of ascents in this section. Yeah, um, and so yeah. yeah, like a prayer. Yeah, but um, I I really like this picture. I I think it's just really it's really easy to imagine uh a a watchman looking out and waiting for the sun to come up and mm-hmm. and if we really should should expect God to move um then then we should uh, you know you're talking about prayer um prayer is so important whenever we pray and ask God to do things um we should not be surprised when he fulfills them and and um one of the great values of prayer now this is beyond this specific text but but he is praying or or um or questioning of God but um but prayer itself is so important because um it's asking God to do the work and not expecting ourselves to do the work instead so. I think it's expecting the results yeah. to come. Like we work out our salvation yeah. towards him who wheels and works in mm-hmm. us to accomplish it. Sure. And, you know, I'm thinking like you mentioned this and talking about living hope, but you know, you're thinking of the watchman mm-hmm. analogy. I mean, in first Peter, and I love how these connect. He yeah. says, verse seven, this genuineness of your faith, which is tested right through trials. Mm-hmm. And that faith is actually more precious than gold. That it may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at what the revelation of Jesus Christ. And right. so, when we have a wait, when we wait and we're waiting for the Lord to return to redeem all creation mm-hmm. to glorify us, we understand that when He returns, the hardship that we experience in life is actually going to be to His praise and glory, mm-hmm. because just as Job was tested, we too are tested in the same way to show that the work was created, mm. started, upheld, and mm. finished by God. Right. So that your faith will endure. And so when he says in Philippians, you know, he who started that good work in you will be faithful to complete it on the day mm. of Christ Jesus. Right. And so we wait for that day. We long for that mm. day. We we want uh, our bodies to be redeemed because right now we live in the flesh mm. and it fights against the spirit that has been renewed in us. And mm. we understand, like, I don't want to sin. The things I, mm. I do, I don't want to do. I understand that. But he has that there for testing purposes to show us that the faith he has wrought in us is mm. not of us, as, but it's of him. Yeah. So it's his praise and glory, which is yeah. the theme of all scripture. Yeah. And that, that actually goes right back into the verse seven and eight there as well, where he's now he's talking about Israel here, but he says that, um, O Israel, hope is in the Lord. For the Lord, with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with Him is plentiful redemption. Um, so the same redemption you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And He will redeem Israel from all His enemies. Yeah. Because the new covenant is, well, as Paul would say in Romans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
not all Israel is Israel. Mm -hmm. Israel is a spiritual reality. You, mm -hmm. uh, the the most Jewish person is one who is in the new covenant, mm -hmm. faith in Christ. Right. And um, like that's the spiritual reality of this new covenant existence that mm -hmm. we have because it's both Jew and Gentile. Mm -hmm. He's making one man out of both. And right. those are the only, you know, divided people mm -hmm. in God's perspective. Yeah. If you had the covenant people, the Jews, and the Gentiles, mm -hmm. but he, they were his covenant people because he's bringing Messiah through the Jews. And now we're mm -hmm. getting kind of like in a biblical theology. What's the big picture, right? The, mm -hmm. whole, the whole of the parts. And what you see is, is God's eternal purpose um, for the redemption that is found in Christ is that mm -hmm. he would unite all men, all nations, both mm -hmm. Jew and Gentile, into one new person, the body of Christ. Yeah. And Christ is our head. And so we are closer than brothers, mm -hmm. like physically speaking, obviously. Mm -hmm. And that's everyone who has Christ. Mm -hmm. And so when this prophecy of, and he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities, if you look at it, um, in, if you have a cross-reference Bible, um, he's going to mm -hmm. go back to uh, Psalm 111.9, but also Luke 168, right? And Titus 2.14, like they all reference that same area. And so it's a prophetic statement mm -hmm. from the psalmist saying like, he's going to do this. What's his name? Jesus. And we see the fulfillment, right? yeah. Or he will save his people from their sins. Mm. And that includes the nations, because that was always the plan and purpose of God mm. through the Messiah. Right. Cool. Well, um, I, so that, that'll conclude our part for the, for the scripture reading. Um, we'll be right back, and uh, we'll go through the um, question and answer section. So. All right, welcome back. We are now on the question and answer section of the podcast. Um, this is a section where we um, generally will have questions from um, people that have been sent in about the um, about the text that was from this week, or or about something that they that they had read this week that they want to know more about, or even just a, a generic question that they just want to know in general about our our thoughts on. Um, obviously, we'll filter some questions, but um, for the most part, we'll answer almost anything. So. Um, this week, uh, we had no questions from the live stream and from the general crowd. So I've got one for Reese. So, mm -hmm. um, which I, I think he'll be able to answer pretty well, but I, I think it's a good one for us to focus back in on. So, um, in James, it talks about, um, he says, uh, you show me faith by your works or faith by works, but I will show you my faith by my works. Yeah. So, um, 18 of chapter two. Yeah. So, um, so my question is, um, how do we differentiate between um, faith by works and then uh, having a faith that is shown by our work? Sure. So in all things, balance, mm. right? We want biblical balance. What does that mean? It means that I let the whole scripture speak. And what is clear in one area is not going to contradict that which may be confused in another. Mm. It may seem contradictory. But here's the thing. It's like, this actually is not contradictory. It's only been confused due to the nature of um, the Catholic interpretation of this, mm -hmm. justifying, you know, faith is not by, I mean, um, salvation is not by faith alone, mm. um, in opposition to Reformation thinking, right? Mm. We're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. Mm -hmm. And so the reality is, 
and let's just kind of take the Catholic example. And um, when you have a doctrine of regeneration, right, the concept of being born again, mm-hmm. that is through baptism, right. right? You're you're quote unquote born again, like spiritually speaking, through a a work of baptism. You don't you have um, particularly as as through that it it cleanses of of original sin in the Catholic doctrine. And therefore you are set in a state of grace as an infant. And as you sin, you lose that merit mm-hmm. and you have to go back to confession. And so you're, you're in this constant up and down. You have to be re-justified over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. But we believe that we're justified by faith in it alone. There's nothing mm-hmm. I do that re-justifies me. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that I, I can do that, that ultimately saves me. And so when we look at faith without works is dead, is that we have to realize that the scriptures also say that you are saved by grace through faith. Mm-hmm. And this is not of yourselves. It's not of works mm-hmm. so that no one may boast. Yeah. And so, yeah. So are these things contradictory or being like we presume, right? We, we presuppose this is God's word. Mm-hmm. It's going to be internally consistent. It's not going to contradict now, there mm-hmm. may be hard parts to understand, but this is actually not one of them. Mm-hmm. But you have those who twist Scripture in order to justify their their belief system, mm-hmm. which is what I would say is anti-biblical. Yeah. And I'm not here just trying to to be mean or anything, but the truth is um, supremely important. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul says, if you believe another gospel, he's like, there's not another one, but if you do... You're accursed. Yeah, let him be accursed. You're accursed. Yeah. Um, he takes it very seriously if you wander off the true biblical gospel of free grace. Yeah. He even says to reject himself, right? Yes. He says, like, if I, if we or an angel comes preaching to you another gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him mm-hmm. be anathema, accursed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here, he's like, someone will say, you have faith and I have works. This is verse 18 of chapter 2 in James. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Mm-hmm. So the result is this. James is making the argument that true faith, saving faith, does bear fruit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not contradictory at all. Jesus yeah. says, you'll, you'll know them by their fruits. Yeah, we see that in uh, Romans 6, and we yeah. see it, I mean, so many different places. But... Right, but here's, here's, here's the issue. Um, the issue is the concept of being born again. Yeah. Being born again, or the doctrine of regeneration, you can find that word regeneration in Titus 3, mm. is, the, is the concept that God sovereignly saves us by his mm. Holy Spirit, by making us new, mm. creating us new from the inside out, giving us a new heart and a new mind with his law written on our heart. Mm. We, we move from death to life, mm. right? This is a spiritual reality wrought by God. So if you're quote-unquote, born again in any other way, Mm. like, it is not something Mm. brought by God. You have to go back and and attain that Mm. again. And so if you're looking at true, genuine faith that Mm. God creates in a person, Mm. it is going to last. Mm. It is going to bear fruit. Oh, whether the storm. It is going to bear the fruit of what? The Spirit. Mm-hmm. Right, and those are character traits, yeah. and they work out because it's based upon, uh, as Paul would mention two different times, the law of Christ, which is the ultimate pre 
like the preeminent law of love. Mm -hmm. And so if you now have the love of God written on your heart, Mm -hmm. you're going to, guess what? Love people. Right. That means you're going to serve them Mm -hmm. and you're going to do things for them. And it's going to be seen in how you devote yourself to God and Mm -hmm. how you devote yourself to people. Right. Right. And so that is not contradictory. Mm -hmm. It's just showing that the evidence of true saving faith is evidenced by the working out of that faith and bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit whom God Mm -hmm. has given us as a guarantee. Right. right? Ephesians 1. And so I I don't, it's, unfortunately, like, we miss, and this is the big point, I think, in how how do we interpret these types of texts? Mm. You have to look at all of it. Mm. You can't build a doctrine on a single verse. Yeah. Like, that is, that, that's destructive, because you're going to be so imbalanced mm. that you can't deal properly with the other texts yeah. that all yeah, speak. We can pull out it. specific texts that, yeah. that contradict the whole of the rest of Scripture if you read it incorrectly. Right, because there's nothing yeah. contradictory about God's word. Yeah. Right. And so it and if anything like uh, there's a better word than contradict. It, it it would seem like I can't think of it right now. I don't know it, what I'm It's just about. it's poor interpretation. Um I, yeah. one of the one of the examples I think of um is in, in Ecclesiastes there's a there's a moment where it it um it's speaking in um uh kind of an overstatement on purpose and and it talks about um there there's one verse if you just pull it out by itself it says that that money's the answer to everything and then the answer is no <laughs> it's not but if you took that verse just by itself um and you took it completely out of context uh, you know then you don't need god you need money only and and that that text makes no sense um so according to the rest of the scripture but but if you read on it it explains itself and so if you take, but you can take one verse at a time and, and really go the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And that's generally where, where people will fall is they, they look at one verse, like a proof verse, and mm-hmm. they build the doctrine off of it without recognizing or seriously considering the other ones, but also not understanding like, what is the context around this mm-hmm. verse? What, like the fullness of it? Mm-hmm. Because we don't just look at one verse and then build a doctrine from it. We, we look at, like in concentric circles, mm-hmm. our interpretive method, our, our method of hermeneutics, right? Mm-hmm. The art and process of biblical yeah. interpretation is you like, okay, here's the verse. And in that verse, you have like the words mm-hmm. and the grammar. Because if we believe in the inspiration of scripture, mm-hmm. right? And and I know we are wholeheartedly for, right? Mm-hmm. Inspiration, inerrancy, all these yeah. things. Like, well, here's the thing. Like, those are true. Mm-hmm. Like, do we believe it to be sufficient? Like, is this a sufficient word to say every word, and Jesus would say every jot and every tittle, will not pass away. It mm-hmm. is all his word, all right. preeminently purposed to be on these pages, mm-hmm. exactly how he intended. Right. This is what he used. This is the verbal form he used. Mm-hmm. Right. This is, you know, these are the pronouns he wanted to use to make this clear. Mm-hmm. And so we understand that, and then we build everything else. Mm-hmm. like reading into context like this is what we need to understand this is right. who is being talked about this is who is speaking this is the purpose of what he's trying to say and so mm-hmm. you you read a letter like james he's all he's he seems like he's all over the place yeah but no he's not actually mm-hmm. most everything here is based upon proper understanding and wisdom 
of not only God, but them living that life. Mm. And so most epistles, letters, mm. are going to have that structure. Yeah. This is God, and this is how you live mm. the Christian life. Right? Yeah. So um, it goes to theology proper, the yeah. person and work of Christ, who God is, mm-hmm. uh, and then how that lives is lived out by his people. Yeah. And James is encouraging, too, because it's, it's the brother of Jesus. So um, I, I don't know how everyone else feels about their siblings. I, I have a sister, and, and I, I um, you know, growing up, you know, you see every every mistake and, okay, you see everything that happens, and um, and uh, it, it'd be very hard to believe in a faith led by a sibling, right? And um, I think it's just interesting. So um, anyway, so that wraps up our, our podcast for today, um, the question part. And thank you for joining us. Um, and we are going to be back next week. So uh, if you guys have any questions or anything like that, feel free to um, drop them in. We'll cover them next week. But thank you guys for joining us. Yeah, thanks, guys.